0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The Gospel of the Lord. All right. Can
1: you see me? Can you hear me? For those of uh, you who are joining us online, I just want to give a shout out to you guys. I know my extended family in Minnesota have joined us pretty much every week since COVID began. So, Naya, Kai Guy, Evett, Fonda, Jason, all of you in Minneapolis, all of you around the country, all of you around the room, Kim, Sean, Josh, it's good to see you guys again. Um, Before we dive into this passage, about a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. I may have forgotten to introduce myself. My name's Paul. I'm the senior pastor here. For those who are new and visiting, uh, the title of our message is disruption disruption and I'd like to begin by asking this question when was the last time Jesus disrupted your day given the pandemic in my work commitments Carly and I thought it'd be a good idea to vote early anyone else vote early yep some hands going up so we headed out to Hanahan the Friday before the election to cast our votes. Now what I'm about to tell you is both bizarre and beautiful. Here's how the uh, encounter or experience went for us. We, we drove up and there's a huge traffic jam even as we entered into Hanahan. I'll get to that a bit later. We finally made our way to the Hanahan library where we were um, positioned to vote only to see a line of people about a half mile long. Uh, It was so long and there was nowhere to park and this is several days before the election day this is early voting but thankfully i have a four-wheel drive and i found a place to park in a ditch and so i parked in a ditch and carly and i we made our way to the back of the line and this woman excited maybe in a rush ran in front of us in yoga pants she had one of those workout warrior outfits on and we thought she's probably got a lot going on, so let's let her go. And lo and behold, she was right there in front of us in line. And within about a minute, something unique happened. She put down her phone on the ground, started talking to her phone, and doing jumping jacks. (laughs) Then she did push-ups, then she did squats, Then she did burpees. Anyone know what a burpee is? She started doing burpees. Yeah, she's talking to her phone this whole time. Meanwhile, this huge line keeps going further and further down and growing further behind us. It got a little awkward. It it got to the point where it was several minutes long and clearly she was a personal trainer and we all had our mask on. I, I didn't know, should I say something? And the temperature in my soul was rising. So I turned around to look at the guy behind me. I recognized him. We started chatting. Turns out he lives on St. Thomas Island near our property. He asked about the church property. Hey, are you guys going to be building soon? We're excited as a neighborhood that you're building a church near us. And we talked. And and just then, the the workout warrior, she finished her, her video, and she said, excuse me, can I ask you a personal question? And she nicely interrupted us. Goes well. It's a very personal question. I said, Okay, I was trying to hide behind my mask and sunglasses. So wearing a mask and breathing deeply, she turned and said, Are you a pastor? And I said, I am. She goes, That's what I heard you saying. By this point, Carly, my introvert had a book up to her face and was hiding, ready to run away with her life. And you know what she said to me? She said, my husband and I have been struggling and he just left me. I am devastated. What do you think I should do? And just then my heart of stone became a heart of flesh and I knew she wasn't looking for me but Christ in me. And so for the next hour to hour and a half, I was able to share Christ's love to this woman. She shared her struggles. She shared her shame. She shared her longing for forgiveness. I was able to listen to her and care for her with godly insight and counsel. It all culminated with me praying over her right outside the Hanahan Library in front of everyone. Right before we went inside to vote. From a human perspective, the experience was madness. The conversation happened behind mask during a global pandemic in a tense election line in a public arena in a city in which neither of us lived. And yet from a divine perspective, it was magical. Not only did the love of Jesus disrupt this woman's day, bringing hope for healing and restoration in her life. But the love of Jesus disrupted my day and reminded me once again that no matter the chaos around us, Jesus is still sovereign and caring over us. What makes this story even sweeter is this. Beyond this woman hearing about the love of Jesus as she waited to vote, many of the other people in line also heard about God's love, not in some loud or obnoxious way, but in a gentle and respectful way. I even noticed at times people in front of us or behind us just nodding in care or agreement. And uh, what I can't think of or imagine is what their conversations must have been like as they drove home thinking about our conversation. I share this story as an introduction, not to shine a light on me, but to shine a light on how God works, even in the chaos. Over and over again in life, I've seen this truth played out, and it's the big idea for us today. The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive to reach any person on any day. Let me repeat that. The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive in order to reach any person on any day. Let's unpack that, shall we? Point one. The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive in order to reach any person. Our passage began sometime later. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. So Gabby, Lily, a little background on our passage today. Here, Jesus is a young but popular rabbi, and he's making his way to Jerusalem. He's already performed several miracles and quietly shared that he is the coming Messiah, the long-awaited Christ. And he's already begun to cross different barriers, racial, social, economic, to bring this good news of God's love to all people. And here we see Jesus travel to this huge urban pool. How big was this pool? Some historians think, Andrew, that it was the size of two football fields, that big. And many in that day believed that it had healing powers. And yet the picture we read about is gut-wrenching, right? This was not a pool full of floaties, or laughter, or little kids. It was more like an open-air hospital ward where hundreds of chronically ill people would gather hoping for a miracle. The idea was if the waters began to stir, uh, reportedly, because of a divine intervention, and you were the first to get in, you'd be healed. So here lay hundreds, literally hundreds of people, some of the most broken people in the world, the blind, the lame, the sick. And in walks Jesus, disruption. In the words of F.D. Bruner, Jesus did not go to the palace or to the places of mass appeal in the city, but to the major place of need in the city. And our passage continues. One who has been there invalid for 38 years, excuse me, invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you wanna get well? Sir, the invalid, replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Note the object of Jesus's love here. A man who had been crippled and laying there for how many years? Thirty-eight years years. We can only imagine the physical agony this man endured every day, a struggle to eat, drink, get dressed and get to the pool. 38 years. And note the action of Jesus's love. Jesus Jesus saw him. Perhaps the only person to do so in years. Jesus learned of his condition, perhaps the only person to care about him in years. Jesus asked him, perhaps the only person to pursue him in years. Disruption. And what exactly does Jesus ask him? He asked, do you want to get well? At first, this may seem like an antagonistic question, right? But actually, Jesus' question in very presence is a demonstration of honor and love. Jesus was seeking to awaken this man's heart, appealing to his very dignity and exposing his desire. And desire, Brian, or longing or thirst is the fertile soil in the Bible in which God's love takes root, isn't it? One author puts it like this, Christianity begins with an invitation To desire. Jesus provokes it. He provokes desire. He awakens it. He heightens it. Christianity has nothing to say to the person who is completely happy with the way things are. Its message is for those who hunger and thirst, for those who desire life as it's meant to be. Christianity refuses to budge from the fact that man was made for pleasure, his beginning and end is paradise, and that the goal of living is to find life. And so Jesus asked, do you want to get well? Do you want to be made whole? Or are you fine living the life you've come to know in all of its familiarity and brokenness? disruption?" It's the same question he's ultimately asking each one of us today. Do you want to get well? Sometimes it means physical healing, but the question is really meant to penetrate the very essence of our persons and in whom or what we're finding our worth. Are you ready to be forgiven from the guilt you've carried from that decision years ago? Are you ready to be healed from the shame you've carried from that rejection or abuse from decades ago? Are you ready to be freed from that addiction that has battered and bruised you week after week, year after year? Jesus is willing and able to free you today. To the man in our story, he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And he later tells the man these words, see you are well again, stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you indicating that with freedom in Christ comes responsibility in life. Friends, no matter who you are or where you're from, hear this good news. The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive, and it's available to you today. This leads me to point two. The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive in order to reach any person on any day. Now, when someone's healed, you would expect a grand celebration, right, Scott? Right, others? Just last week, when I came to our 11 a.m. outdoor service that we hold under the building, so we're protected from the weather, I noticed our own Dee Dee Malley was standing there behind our welcome table, smiling and waving at people. Now, here's what's crazy about Dee Dee standing there, smiling and waving at people, Dee Dee has been struggling with excruciating back pain for years. She's told me she's gotten injection after injection to ease the pain to get relief. In fact, the last time I saw Dee Dee uh, at a worship service, she was barely able to get out of her car and get into a seat. Fast forward to last week when she's behind the welcome table and waving. When I asked her, Dee Dee, how are you doing? She shared that she had had surgery and she felt better. And she didn't just share it with a smile. You know what Dee Dee did? She said, I feel real good. And she started doing this. I feel real good. And I'm thinking, Dee Dee, don't hurt yourself. She's like, she starts dancing like this, right? There's a celebration. You know what I did? I just mirrored her. I started dancing too. Cause when, when someone's healed, there's a celebration, right? Well, the Jewish leaders in our Passage did not love the man uh, and celebrate his healing like we celebrated Didi's healing. Why? Because they'd become so uptight and legalistic about their faith that they thought the man carrying his mat on the Sabbath, let alone being healed on the Sabbath, was not okay. In fact, by that point in history, the Jewish leaders had gone to such great lengths to protect the Sabbath, or God's day of rest, that they had added an extra 39 laws to Scripture to keep people from working. And some of these laws were really over the top. For instance, you were not allowed to carry anything on the Sabbath. And even more than that, I read that you're not even allowed to look at a mirror during the Sabbath. Why, Brandon, you ask? because if you see a gray hair in your head, you'd be tempted to pluck it, and that would be work. That would not be okay. It's no wonder, it's no wonder we read that the Jewish leaders were upset with Jesus. Not only had this young rabbi named Jesus instructed the man to pick up his mat, you see, but he'd healed him on the Sabbath. And just when you think the passage couldn't get crazier, We read, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always working, excuse me, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. And for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, not only because he was breaking the Sabbath, catch this, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Disruption. These leaders had not only missed the miracle of God happening in front of them, they were missing the very son of God in front of them. They'd become so caught up in their own self-righteousness that they, they could not see the story of redemption unfolding right in front of them. And at this second point, I think it's meant to be a wake-up call and a warning for us. Friends, just because we don't sometimes get our way doesn't mean God isn't out front leading the way. The question is, are we receptive and ready to what he wants to do? To reach that person in our family, to reach that person in our school, to reach that person in our workplace, to reach that person in that line, to reach that person at the store, to reach that person in the neighborhood at that time, on that day, in that place, in that way, in the way he, not we, ordained. Will we be ready? Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day. I too am working. You see it? The love of Jesus is wildly disruptive in order to reach any person, the cripple, and even you and me, on any day, right here, even right now. As I think of the story from last week, the election line, when Carly and I met that woman in distress, I can't help but think of the timeline, agenda, and people involved that day. That night, I was scheduled, actually, to officiate a wedding an hour away, and we were really pushing it to cast our vote during lunch, especially with that huge line. Looking back, it's especially interesting to note that we were held up an extra 20 minutes on our way to vote because a train got stuck on the tracks right in front of us, blocking our path to the Hanahan Library. What if we had arrived earlier? What if we had arrived later? Honestly, we were super close to turning around that day. Yet somehow we didn't, and we were given an opportunity. An opportunity to see the love of Jesus wildly disrupt our lives for the life of another on an unexpected day. And that's just how God works. So as we close, I imagine there are two different types of people joining us in worship today, both online and in person. First, there are those of you who relate more to the crippled man. Battered and bruised, you long for healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Second, I'm sure there are people like me People who long to be agents of God's love and sometimes we miss it, right? Often we probably miss it, but we don't want to. We want to be in on it. So whether you're like the cripple or whether you're like me just trying to figure it out and live faithfully, I'm gonna invite whoever you are to join me as we close this time in prayer. And I just invite you to be receptive to Jesus. Jesus. As the cripple was, and somehow, through God's grace, I was that day. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you with humble hearts. For those of us here that feel crippled, we've been in a bad place in a a bad way for some time. God, would you heal us? Would you forgive us? Would you give us hope? would you make a way where there seems to be no way? We want all of you to touch all of us. We want to trust you and obey you. And God, for those of us who've maybe been in the church for a while, somehow we've wandered and done things our way, we want to live according to your way. We want to be part of your agenda, not our own. Even with the chaos around us in our city, our country, our world. We want to trust and obey you as well, to bend down and care for the cripple, even if it's an awkward inconvenience. Use all of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.